Good morning and welcome to the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily number 409. It is Monday, August 2nd, 2021. I'm your host, Scott Gumbar, and emails from 27 U.S. Attorney's Offices breached by SolarWinds hackers. This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J-Tech.com. Good morning. You're now listening to the smooth sounds of... Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong wrong podcast. Good morning and happy Monday. Welcome to another week of cybersecurity and IT news and a couple of sarcastic jabs here and there I might throw in you know whatever works and this is episode 409 but before we get to that before we get to anything else we will not be recording for Tuesday there will be no episode for Tuesday this week so make sure you come back for Wednesday for more exciting cybersecurity and, and IT news wherever you listen to this if you could like share comment or review that would be spectacular if you do that, I will come back on Wednesday with number 410. So we can stop with the 409 jokes now. Formula 409. Or some of you guys are too young to remember that. Um, and if you're in a HIPAA compliant business, you can go to Facebook and or LinkedIn and type get HIPAA compliance. I'm going to throw something else at you guys today. You may or may not know, I also am building up something called Main Street Networking, MainStreetNetwork.com. And we just launched a Facebook group for that. It is facebook.com slash group slash Main Street Networking. So go check that out and join the group if you are a business owner or operator because uh, I think you're going to find it of good value. Not related to IT. There, you know, Of course, some occasional IT news may pop up, but it's really more about business owners, small business owners. So Bill Gates does not need to join, although that would be pretty cool. Um, all right, so let's jump into the news. What do we got? First up on threat posts, NSA warns public networks are hacker hotbeds. Agency warns attackers targeting teleworkers to steal corporate data. The U.S. National Security Agency is offering advice to security teams looking for wireless best practices to protect corporate networks and personal devices. The recommendations, while pedestrian in scope, do offer system administrators a solid cheat sheet to share with their work from home, crowd, and mobile workforces. And I've kind of been touching on this for the last couple of weeks or so because it does seem as though work from home may be, become a reality for a lot of small businesses again as we approach fall and the COVID numbers are spiking again. Um, we need to be ready for it this time. For starters, the NSA, in a public service announcement posted on Thursday, urged security teams to be mindful of wireless threats employees face when using Wi-Fi networks. It also lumps Bluetooth technology and near-field communications, NFC, if you didn't know what NFC stood for, into his list of worrisome protocols. By now, cafe-based workers have likely mastered both public bathroom and Wi-Fi hotspot hygiene, but for anyone who hasn't, the NSA advises data sent over public Wi-Fi, especially open public Wi-Fi, that does not require a password to access is vulnerable to theft or manipulation. So that should not be news because I have talked about that ad nauseum. However, we're going to do it again. If you are in a place where you public Wi-Fi is the option, don't use it. 
you more than likely have the ability to use a hotspot from your phone, your mobile plan, or you have your own hotspot, which is even better. Um, but either way, use that instead of the public Wi-Fi. But there are warnings, other warnings here. So the Bluetooth warnings, um, Blueborn is another one, or Blue Bugging. NSA advises turning off Bluetooth in public lest the user be open to a range of attacks such as Blueborn or Blue Bugging, both used to access and exfiltrate corporate data on targeted devices. So in other words, not just your phones, but your your laptops may have Bluetooth turned on by default, turn it off. And now I know what you're going to say, well, then how do I connect to my Apple Watch? You're going to have to not connect to it for the time being, I suppose, or learn how to protect yourself from those uh, attacks. Along those lines, make sure you turn off, and I'm going to draw a blank on uh, AirDrop. That's it. Make sure you turn that off. There was, um, I saw something where somebody shared something over Dropbox, uh, not AirDrop, not Dropbox, AirDrop with a, a bunch of people in a, in a one office setting, and it was not good, um, whatever it was, and it scared some people so because they didn't realize that AirDrop was on. Uh, worrisome NFC, the NSA also touched on near-field communications. Again, that's NFC, a handy tool for contactless payments. It said data transfer between devices using NFC can be a cybersecurity minefield of pitfalls. Just a tap data is moved across a radio network from one device to another. Andy Norton, a cyber risk officer with Armis, told ThreatPost security teams are lagging behind when it comes to securing NFC communications. And it's true, it doesn't get talked about often here are some suggestions disable nfc feature when not needed so in other words if you're not making contactless payments turn it off do not bring devices near other unknown electronic devices this can trigger automatic communication and do not use nfc to communicate passwords or sensitive data that sort of common sense i suppose um, so those are some warnings for you and some uh, tips on how to protect yourself uh, also on threat post novel Meteor Wiper used an attack that crippled Iranian train system. A July 9th attack disrupted service and taunted Iran's leadership with a, a hack with hacked screens directing customers to call the phone of Iranian Supreme Leader Khamenei with complaints. An attack earlier this month on Iran's train system, which disrupted rail system and taunted Iran's leadership via hacked public transit display screens used a never-before-seen wiper malware called Meteor that appears to have been designed for reuse, a security researcher has found. The initial attack dubbed Meteor Express occurred on July 9th when a wiper attack paralyzed the Iranian train system, according to a report by Juan Andres Guerrero Saed, 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 I guess, S-A-A-D-E, at Sentinel Systems. The attack disrupted service in directed customers via all of the displays and message boards at the train station to call 64411, the number for the office of the Supreme Leader Ali Khamenei, for more info. The next day, attackers also hit the website and computer systems of the staff of Iran's the Ministry of Roads and Urban Development, according to a published report. Sentinel Labs researchers reconstructed most of the attack chain in the train system and discovered the novel wiper, which the threat actors also who also appear to be new set of adversaries still finding their attack rhythm referred to as Meteor, Guerrero Said wrote. Guerrero Said credited security researcher Anton 
Sharapunov with identifying an early analysis of the event written in Farsi by an Iranian antivirus company as helping researchers recreate the attack. What they discovered is that behind the outlandish tale of stopped trains and glib trolls are the fingerprints of an unfamiliar attacker using a wiper that was developed in the past three years and was designed for reuse. Um, so there was an attack on the Iranian train system. Not sure if they are novice attackers. Wiper, if you're not sure what that means, means that it's wiping data out, just wiping everything in its path away. And uh, can be quite damaging, although the end goal, you would think, would be to make money for most of these attackers. That does not really suggest that that's the end goal here unless data was exfiltrated first. On Bleepy Computer, Darkseid ransomware gang returns as new black matter, opera, black matter operation. Remember, Darkseid said they were going away after a colonial pipeline. Well, they are back. Encryption algorithms found in the decryptor found show that the notorious Darkseid ransomware gang has rebranded as a new black matter ransomware operation and is actively performing attacks on corporate entities. So they have not gone anywhere. They are rebranded as Black Matter, um, formerly known as Dark Side. They took a big hit, um, branding hit, I guess you could say, if you can really say that, because of the Colonial Pipeline being critical infrastructure, and uh, they shut down soon after the money. Some money was recovered. 63.7 bitcoins out of 75 bitcoins but some the cost of bitcoin had gone down or the price of bitcoin had gone down during that time frame so it was only about half of what they had actually paid so dark mat dark side is back as black matter maybe they'll come back again as dark matter um not really a surprise we kind of knew that was going to happen not as Black Matter. I didn't know that was going to be the name, but kind of knew they weren't going anywhere. Just like our evil isn't going anywhere, they'll be back. Remote print server gives anyone Windows admin privileges on a PC. This is um, continues. The printing issues, uh, this is on Bleep Computer Researcher, has created a remote print server allowing any Windows user with limited privileges to gain complete control over a device simply by installing a print driver. In June, a security researcher accidentally reviewed a zero-day Windows print spooler vulnerability known as Print Nightmare, which we've talked about quite a few times on this podcast, that allowed remote code execution and elevation of privileges. While Microsoft released a security update to fix the vulnerability, researchers quickly figured out ways to bypass the patch under certain conditions. Since then, researchers have continued to devise new ways to devise new ways to exploit the vulnerability with one researcher creating an internet-accessible print server allowing anyone to open a command prompt with administrative privileges. Security researchers and Mimikatz creator Benjamin Delpy has has been the at the forefront of continuing print nightmare research, releasing multiple bypasses and updates to exploits through specially crafted print drivers and abusing Windows APIs. To illustrate his research, Delpy created an internet accessible print server at uh, backslash backslash print nightmare dot gentle kiwi dot com that installs a print driver and launches a DLL with system and privileges. 
Initially, the launch DLL would write a log file to, to Windows slash System32 folder, which should only be writable by users with elevated privileges. So um, here are some of the mitigation steps. First, disable print spooler if it's not being used. You can do that. There's a, It lists the command lines here, but you can actually just open services and disable it from there. And option two, block RPC and SMB traffic at your network boundary. So in your firewall, you should block port 135, 139, and 445 if you're not being used. And then step three, or option three, configure package point and print server list. This way, it's only allowing those that you want in. FBI warns investors of fraudsters posing as b brokers and advisors. This is also bleeping computer. The FBI Criminal Investigation Investigative Division and Securities and Exchange Commission warned investors of fraudsters impersonating registered investment professionals such as investment advisors and registered brokers. The end goal of these broker imposter schemes is to lure their targets into investment scams using spoofed sites, fake social media profiles, cold calling, and doctored documents. This warning was issued in collaboration with the SEC's Office of Investor Education and Advocacy, that's O-I-E-A, because we love acronyms, right? And SEC department designed to help individual investors protect themselves from securities fraud or abuse. So if you are someone who dabbles in investing on your own, that's the department for you. Frosters may have falsely claimed to be registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission, the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, which is FINRA, or a state securities regulator in order to lure investors into scams or even impersonate real investment professionals who actually are registered with these organizations. So that's a, that sounds like a pretty big problem, to be honest, impersonation attacks using financial um, professionals as the guys, I suppose, Um Some of the warning signs, guaranteed high investment returns, definitely a warning sign, unsolicited offers offers like uh, earn investment returns that seem too good to be true. So if it, I mean, that should, that should be the red flag right there, too good to be true. If it seems too good to be true, it probably is. Red flags of payment methods for investments, credit cards, digital asset wallets, and cryptocurrencies. And I don't know of any financial firm accepting cryptocurrency yet. I could be wrong, but I'm not aware of any. So if that happens, you should not go with that one, especially since the cryptocurrency market is very volatile. Uh, Department of Justice SolarWinds hackers breached emails from 27 U.S. attorney's offices. This is on Bleepy Computer. The U.S. Department of Justice says the Microsoft Office 365 email accounts of employees at 27 U.S. attorney's offices were breached by the Russian Foreign Intelligence Service, SVR, during the SolarWinds global hacking spree. The APT is believed to have access to compromised accounts from approximately May 7th to December 27th, 2020. So, it's what, five, that's seven and a half months. That's pretty scary stuff. The compromised data included all sent, received, and stored emails and attachments found within those accounts during the time. While other districts were impacted to a lesser degree, the APT group gained access to the Office 365 email accounts of at least 80% of employees working in the U.S. Attorney offices located in the eastern, northern, southern, and western districts of New York. 
United States Attorney's Office was breached during the attacks that had at least one employee's Microsoft email account compromised as part of the SolarWinds supply chain attack, directly impacting the U.S. government and the private sector, include Central District of California, Northern District of Cali, District of, the, of Columbia, so D.C., Northern District of Florida, Middle District of Florida, Southern District of Florida, Southern, Northern District of Georgia, District of Kansas, District of Maryland, District of Montana, District of Nevada, District of New Jersey, Eastern District of New York, Northern District of New York, Southern District of New York, Western District of New York, Eastern District of North Carolina, Eastern District of Pennsylvania, Middle District of Pennsylvania, Western District of Pennsylvania, Northern District of Texas, Southern District of Texas, Western District of Texas, District of, Ma of Vermont, Eastern District of Virginia, Western District of Virginia, and Western District of Washington. So that is some um, pretty extensive list there to add to the ones that we already knew about from last year. There's seven other agencies, I believe it was, and then some very large enterprise commercial businesses, um, including Microsoft, as you can see here. So the probably what happened here is that a lot of these offices had a C Microsoft CSP, which is a, essentially a reseller, I was compromised and they got in through that because I would hope that the U.S. attorney's offices had multi-factor authentication turned on. Hope. And we do have some HIPAA news to go over. Actually, a few. More than 447,000 patients affected by phishing attack at Orlando Family Physicians. Email accounts, multiple, containing the Protected health information of 447,426 patients of Orlando family physicians in Florida have been accessed by an unauthorized individual. Orlando family physicians said the first email account was compromised on April 15th as a result of an employee responding to a phishing email disclosing their account credentials. No education, no multi-factor authentication. Um, assisted by a leading cybersecurity forensics firm, Orlando Family physicians determined that an additional three employees' email accounts had also been subjected to unauthorized access. That is pretty, pretty, pretty bad. Um, so, four hundred forty-seven thousand people resulting from a phishing attack due to a lack of phishing mitigation measure, measures. There, Francisco J. Pabalon, M.D., has reported a ransomware attack that has affected up to fifty thousand patients of the Pabalon Eye Center in Riverside, California. Ransomware attack was discovered on March 3rd, so that is almost five months ago. With the investigation confirming the attack commenced on March 1st. The attackers encrypted files on computers and servers that prevented access and patient data was ransomed. All affected computers and servers had been hacked. I'm sorry, had been backed up prior to the attack, so it was possible to recover the encrypted data without having to pay the ransom. So that's good news. Investigation found no evidence of data theft, with the attack appearing to only have been conducted to cause disruption to services. In order to extort money from the practice following the attack, all computers and servers were formatted prior to operating systems and software being in, reinstalled, and patient data were then restored from backups. Uh, additional security measures have since been implemented, including new antivirus and ransomware software, new data encryption technology and a new security rule risk management plan. So you can expect a visit from the OCR there. 
including new secure VPN protected connections to servers. So it sounds like maybe they got in through VPN. Pulse secure ring a bell. Uh, I don't see a number on this, so I'm not sure. Oh, that was up to 50,000 patients. Sorry. Boston Mass based law firm Campbell Conroy O'Neill has announced it suffered a ransomware attack on or around February 27th. That's even more. That's more than five months now. The attackers encrypted certain files on the systems, which prevented access with the investigation, suggesting the attacker had access files containing sensitive information in the attack. It was not possible to determine whether the threat actor viewed or obtained specific information relating to individuals. Types of data in the files varied from individual to individual, included one or more of the following data elements. Names, dates of birth, driver's license numbers, dates, identification number, financial information, social security numbers, passport numbers, payment card information, and there it is, medical information. I was wondering why a law firm was on here, but there it is. Health insurance information, biometric data, and online account credentials such as usernames and passwords. Campbell Conroy O'Neill has conducted a review of the policies and procedures and additional safeguards are being implemented to prevent further attacks. Individuals whose social security numbers, and there you go, two... Complimentary to your credit monitoring. Well, that's because you have to. And two more to go. Los Angeles Fire Department has discovered a COVID-19 vaccination status as of 4,900 employees has been accidentally exposed online. A list that included the full names of employees, dates of birth, employee numbers, and COVID-19 vaccination information, vaccination dates, doses, or declined vaccine had been published on a website accessible to the public. During the time that website was active, it was possible to visit the site and conduct searches of the database in, for names and employee numbers. The database was not password protected and no information had to be entered to authenticate users. If a wildcard search was conducted, a table was generated that listed the data of all 4,900 employees. The website covid.lacofdms.com had been privately registered and was linked to the fire department's Emergency Medical Services Bureau, the website which had not been authorized, was created on April 29th and was deactivated on July 15th. So somebody created this website even though they weren't supposed to be creating this website. And New Bedford, Mass-based Standard Modern Company, Inc. has notified 2,707 patients about an accidental disclosure of some of their personal information. Standard Modern Company provides mailing services to the Massachusetts Executive Office of Health and Human Services on May 24th. Standard Modern Company was notified that certain Mass Health members had received letters that contained the information of other Mass Health members. All mailings were ceased while the incident was investigated, with the investigation confirming an internal program error that had occurred that affected mailings between May 10th and May 18th. The error caused incorrect labels to be generated on a limited number of e of mailed notices. This seems to happen more than it should. Um, in each letter, in each case, a letter containing a member name, identification number, last four digits of social, and her date of birth was sent to a different Mass Health member. So, um, a mistake, nonetheless, that was uh, that occurred. Uh, Let's see, five, a little more than two months ago. So not not terrible on reporting, but it seems to just happen a little too often to me. I don't know why that is. Anyway, that is going to do it for this edition of the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily. So until 
until Wednesday. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay secure. Thank <laughs> you.